Hello and welcome along to the Southampton audio programme for the fixture against Queen's Park Rangers. In today's issue, we have a feature interview, an update on the Southampton women's team and an overview on our opposition. But first, a word from your manager, Russell Martin. Dear Saints fans, welcome along to our second home game of the new season as we take on Queen's Park Rangers in the Skybet Championship. I'd like to welcome Gareth Ainsworth, his staff and players and of course the travelling fans to St Mary's this afternoon. Our first home game here, a fortnight ago, was certainly one to remember. As well as having lots to improve on from the game, I thought we showed some real positives against a Norwich side that will be very strong this season. There was plenty of exciting, attacking football on show in a game that ultimately finished 4-4. To come from behind three times on the day, the players had to show togetherness, character and resilience in spades. To do that in front of a hugely supportive crowd of more than 30,000 was crucial in setting the tone for what's to come. We proved that we never give in against another really tough game last week at Plymouth. In our two away games so far, we faced two promoted teams, which is probably the worst time to play them when they are still riding the crest of a wave. But we've stood up to that test and got the win on both occasions. Being honest, I wasn't happy about our first half performance, but we start the second half brilliantly. We were dominant after half-time, kept pushing and eventually got our rewards with Che's late goal. In a perfect world, we'd be leading heading into stoppage time, but to win games in that manner does a lot for the belief of the group, especially after last season, when naturally the players' confidence would have taken a hit. Their attitude and approach has been first class, and we are building whilst picking up results, which is crucial in this first part of the season. I was delighted to welcome Flynn Downs to the club this week, a player we've worked with previously at Swansea. He's a brilliant character. He's aggressive, a great athlete and a winner. He will give absolutely everything every time he steps on the pitch in a Southampton shirt and I'm sure you'll take to him quickly. Your support down in Plymouth was incredible and definitely played a significant part in helping us over the line late in the game. I really enjoyed the atmosphere here against Norwich too and we will need more of the same this afternoon to get that first home win on the board and keep the momentum growing. We march on. Time now then for your Southampton women's update. The Southampton women return to Barclays Women's Championship action, looking to build on an impressive first season in the league, in which they finished sixth. With the season kicking off tomorrow, we take a look at the first five fixtures. Sunday 27th August, lose away. Tomorrow, lose provide the first test of the season for Marianne Spacey Kale's side, with a trip to the dripping pan. The Rooks were stiff competition for Saints last season, holding the side to a 2-2 draw and then beating them 1-0 at St Mary Stadium. The latter win was courtesy of a sublime Emily Craft header. Will the Irish International be able to provide the same goods in a Saint shirt? Sunday 3rd of September, Blackburn Rovers at home. Saints' first fixture in SO14 sees them welcome Blackburn Rovers. Another side who frustrated the newly promoted side last season, the squad will be eager to put performances behind them and better their two draws from two. Rovers have gone through an off-field rebranding over the summer break, but their squad remains largely unchanged, save for the notable departure of Kayla McDonald and the return of Welsh international Georgia Walters. Sunday 10th of September, Sunderland at home. It's a long trip for Sunderland as they make their way to St Mary's for the third game of the season. Strugglers in last season's league campaign, the Black Cats will be hoping for a rival. With the two bottom place teams now set for a drop after a change to the promotion and relegation rules. Saints beat Sunderland 1-0 in both encounters, unable to make their dominance of possession pay further dividends. But with a new look strike force for 23-24, this will be an area they'll be looking to improve on. 
Sunday 17th of September, Reading away. Newly relegated Reading have had a tumultuous time off the pitch over the summer as they tried to rebuild following club-wide difficulties. The departure of long-time manager Kelly Chambers and a large number of players leaving. However, familiar face and former Oxford United manager Liam Gilberts will hope to have steadied the ship and despite the difficulties, Reading will certainly be no pushover this season. Saints played Reading in the Continental Cup last season, losing 3-0 at St Mary's. But the new-look Saints will be hoping for better fortunes in the league this time around. Sunday 1st of October, Birmingham City at home. One of this year's promotion favourites, Birmingham City, will be a big test for Saints as October dawns. City, who pulled off an impressive run of form at the end of the 22-23 season, have retained nearly all of their players, including top goalscorer Jade Pennock, who was receiving interest from a number of Barclays Women's Super League clubs. It was a winner piece last season, Willow Shear Kendall sealing her return from injury, with the goal that sealed three points at home, while City dominated at St Andrews, coming away winners of an exciting 3-2 encounter. Now time to go on to our player interview, and this week your feature player is Jack Stevens. Twelve years into his Southampton career, there had never been more uncertainty for Jack Stevens than he felt coming into the current campaign. How quickly things change, from nailing down a starting berth to signing a new deal and his appointment as Saints' new captain, the defender is living every moment of an already eventful season. I think if I looked back over the last 12 months, it would probably scramble my head a little bit and be quite confusing how I've ended up as captain as the club. Jack Stevens pauses, taking a moment to process it all. It's been quite a journey for the Cornishman, whose St Mary's stay now stands at 12 years. But as he points out, the latest one has been a roller coaster of uncertainty. From being a tried and trusted member of Ralph Hasenhutl's squad over the first three and a half seasons of the Austrian's reign, Stevens found himself bumped down the pecking order following a summer recruitment drive in which Saints signed 10 new faces, including two central defenders. On transfer deadline day, he was loaned to Bournemouth, prompting uncertainty over whether he would ever wear the Southampton shirt again. But in football, things have a funny habit of going full circle. After an impressive season, in which he helped the Cherries, pre-season underdogs, survive in the Premier League, Saints were relegated in his absence, and two managers later, Stevens is leading the team's quest for a top-flight return. It's a massive honour for me, he says. I want to be playing football here, and to be captain is just incredible. It's something that I'm really proud of. The reality is, he never wanted to leave in the first place, but Stevens is grateful to Bournemouth for trusting him in their own survival battle. Sometimes, a change is as good as a rest. It was tough for me to take in, being at the club for so long and having to move on, thinking possibly that could be it, he says. It was obviously difficult, but I just kept my head down and gave 100%. I actually think the loan spell helped me out after the initial disappointment of realising I wasn't going to be involved as much here. Once I got over that, I think it was a really positive season for me. I felt like I'd learnt a lot and I'm really grateful to Bournemouth for giving me that opportunity to find my form again. I felt like I improved as a player and I feel like I've come back a better player too. Stevens is a popular personality at Staplewood. There's something refreshingly real, normal, you could say, about him. Not a hint of ego and a true lover of the game. His passion for football is infectious off the pitch, as on it, with a depth of knowledge seemingly spanning every league in the country. You just know that lifting the Skybet Championship trophy at the end of the season would mean the world to him. It was no surprise then that Russell Martin, a people person, soon took a shine to Stevens. 
not only to his character, but his ball-playing ability, which appears tailor-made for the new manager's Saints vision. With his future still up in the air on day one of pre-season, Martin was the right manager at the right time. I think I was probably in a similar boat to a lot of players, Stevens admits, not knowing whether he would stay or go. But I had some good conversations with the manager and made it clear that he wanted me to stay and I've loved working with him. I can't speak highly enough of him because of how he's treated me, first and foremost. The conversations we've had, obviously coming back from loan last year, and the football that we've played and the training he puts on is very enjoyable. So it was a no-brainer for me and I'm looking forward to working with him. The no-brainer, Stephen refers to, is his decision to sign a new two-year contract. Instantly, given the clarity he craved, knowing he had the trust of the manager was all the reassurance he needed. It was an easy decision for me to sign the contract. I'm really confident that we're going to have a good season, he said, even before a ball was kicked. Hopefully I can help the club get back to the Premier League to start with, but ultimately we want to stay there and push on and get back to where we were as a football club a few years ago. Since then, things have moved on again. After helping Saints to a dramatic late win at Hillsborough on the EFL's opening night, Stevens was given the Saints captaincy ahead of the team's first home game against Norwich, with James Ward-Prowse on his way out. And so, 15 months since his last competitive appearance at St Mary's, Stevens returned with the armband, leading the team out for a pulsating four-all draw with Martin's former club. It was a lot to take in, he reflected. Obviously, the game was on quite an emotional day. The first one for me as captain was incredible for me, but not having Prowse there was a sad day. It says much about the man that Ward-Prowse's impending departure after 20 years of service remained uppermost in Stephen's thoughts, even on a day of such personal pride. The manager spoke to me and just said, if Ward-Prowse stays, great, that's what we want, but if it does move on, then I want you to be the captain and I want you to lead the team. So that was obviously a massive privilege for me and something I'm really proud of, but obviously I was still hopeful that Prowse would stay and that he would still be leading the team. That would have been better, I think. But we have to move on. We wish him well. And life goes on here. And we have to do our best without him. His approach with the armband, Stevens insists, won't change. He points to the influence of Jose Fonte, one of the best leaders I've ever seen. And Stephen Davis as influential captains in his younger years. And the way he shows his professionalism every day of Ward Prowse as the right examples to follow. I've always tried to be a leader in the dressing room and a leader on the pitch, he explains. The position I play requires a lot of communication and that's something I've always tried to bring. So I don't think that's going to change too much, which is good for me, but it doesn't put too much pressure on me to do things that aren't natural for me. I feel like it's always nice having a bit of extra responsibility and I always try to help the younger lads coming through and try to guide them in the right way. Obviously, we've got some very talented players at the minute, so it's a really exciting time for the football club. For me, it's nice to see them coming through, because at one stage, that was me, and it's nice to be at the other end of that, and just help them out as much as possible. As if the first week of the season had not been eventful enough for Stevens, the fixture list then pitted him against his boyhood team, Plymouth Argyle, to whom he remains grateful as the club that gave me the platform to become a professional footballer at Home Park. As football came full circle again, fate would have it that the 250th game of his club career would take place on the same ground as the first. It was a nice home game for my family, which makes a change, he smiles. 
My dad walked to the game, so that was nice for him. It's one extreme to the other. We had Plymouth away, and the next one is Sunderland. It was a little bit nerve-wracking going back. A little bit of pressure, but it was a nice day. A few of my mates are season ticket holders at Plymouth, so they were cheering them on. I'm just glad I had that bragging rights rather than them. Ultimately, it was a milestone to save for Stevens. A Shea Adams stoppage time winner extended Saints unbeaten start to seven points from three games. The skipper acknowledges there is a lot of work to do. The team is to fulfil the ambition of promotion at the first attempt. But, as Martin points out, Saints are building whilst winning. There's more to come. For Stevens, who was here for the Cup Finals, top six finishes in the European campaigns, there was a fresh wave of optimism inside the club, and it's spreading to the stands. We want the fans to be behind us at all times, but I've always said we have to give them something to hold on to, something to go off. It's a two-way street in that regard, he acknowledges. Obviously, it's been a really tough last 12 months for the football club, for everyone involved, players, staff, but even more so for the fans who pay to come and watch us. It couldn't have been an easy season. I can see that they're with us, for sure, and hopefully they can see we're trying to put all that behind us. We've obviously got a, a new manager, new staff, and there's some real positivity inside the club, and we're trying to show that to the fans. It really feels like, from our point of view, they believe in that, and they can see that we are doing things differently this year. Hopefully, it's the start of a special season. Time now then to do the local lowdown. We asked opposition expert and specialist QPR reporter Tony Incenzo to review today's game from the visitors' point of view. Last season was a difficult year for QPR after two top-half finishes. What went wrong? In my opinion, the stuffing was knocked out of our club when head coach Mick Beale dramatically left for Glasgow Rangers in November. After that, there were a host of injuries to key players while others lost form. In addition, the home form has been very disappointing. We've only won a single game amongst the last 17 hosted at Loftus Road in league and cup dating back to October. That is the most desolate run I've experienced in my 50 years supporting the R's. One win and two defeats in the league so far. What have you made of Rangers' start? A mixed bag. Losing 4-0 at Watford on the opening day was a huge body blow before we turn it around with a richly deserved 2 month success away to Cardiff City. Then there were some really positive signs in last Saturday's home game versus Ipswich Town. Rangers performed very well in the first half. Indeed, Sinclair Armstrong was extremely unlucky not to break through, mustering a fierce shot that rattled both posts before squirming to safety. However, injuries to Sinclair and reigning QPR player of the season, Sam Field, after the hour mark, were pivotal. Ipswich seized control after that and scored the only goal. What is the fan feeling towards head coach Gareth Ainsworth? And what changes has he implemented since being appointed in February? Gareth was a playing legend at Loftus Road as part of our 2003-04 team that gained promotion to the Championship. I can still envisage his buccaneering forays down the wing, including the game where he unsuccessfully tried to run off a broken leg. Therefore, I always felt he would return to Rangers as manager. However, he inherited a losing side when he took over, but did well to avoid relegation courtesy of vital victories away to Burnley and Stoke City in April. Since then, he's been working hard to bring necessary leadership qualities into the camp by sending experienced players like Osmir Begovic, Morgan Fox, Steve Cook and Jack Colback. Young striker Sinclair Armstrong is being tipped for a breakout season. What does he bring to the team? The word I use to describe Sinclair is raw. He has so much raw potential at the age of 20. Pace and power combined with a never-say-die 100% attitude which the fans love. 
Now that he has scored his first competitive goal in the one at Cardiff, I'm sure Sinclair will notch at least 15 this season and make his full international debut for the Republic of Ireland. His attributes are very similar to those of Les Ferdinand, who he idolised so much as a legendary QPR marksman. But I have to say Sinclair's current progress is better than Ferdinand's achieved at the same age. The young Celez was eventually sent out alone to Besiktas before he really started to make an impact at Loftus Road. Who else should Saints look out for? Elias Chair almost scored from 50 yards against Ipswich last week, but visiting keeper Vaclav Hildaki backpedaled to conjure the ball over the crossbar. Chair is a maverick who can win a game on his own. Where do you see the game going on Saturday? Quite simply, a pulsating 3-3 draw. You can follow Tony on social media at Tony Incenzo.